episode of Kentucky Football and Basketball Carpool Show. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. All right. Well, this is the time of year where we get to uh, watch basketball and football. Uh, usually we're pretty excited about both. Uh, this year, I'm still excited about football, but it's been it's been somewhat of a disappointment. Uh, I said from the start, if they didn't win seven games, it was going to be a disappointing season. We're three of four right now. Chris, we didn't have you on last week, but, uh, I mean, we beat Bandy. Didn't look very good doing it. I mean, where, where is this – what's your impression now of the football program? Where are they at? I, 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 we've gone over this before. I think the chickens have come to roost in terms of the offense. Um, I just hope that Coach Stoops has, uh, <clears throat> has enough gumption to make the necessary changes and um, keep his hands off of the offense going forward. Because I think he is he's the catalyst for the failures on offense. And that's really bringing the entire team down because, we again, we've talked about this before. <clears throat> Imagine being a part of that defense and going out there and busting your ass for the last three or four years and you don't get much payoff from the offense. Like this, this team could have been – this program could have been – uh, a lot better had the offense been more balanced, more multiple, like he likes to say, the last few years instead of leaning so heavily on your run game. I, I definitely think um, – I, I mean, this, this is my personal thing. I don't think Eddie Grant's going anywhere, so everyone ought to settle on in because because Eddie Grant's about to go, to go take a head coaching job somewhere or another position at office quarter somewhere else for him to leave. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that. I don't think – I don't think they're. He's done. He's done pretty bad this year, but I don't think he's done enough for their. Where Stoops would fire him because Stoops is not somebody that gets rid of his. He he likes his assistants. He's a pretty loyal guy. Um, we saw it with DJ Elliott for years. Uh, I mean, we see it. We we've seen it with him. He he's loyal, and I'll give him that. Uh, but I think that they need a new voice in that in the huddle or new voice in the locker room, and I think. Someone needs to be held accountable for the lack of development at wide receiver and quarterback, and I'm, and and it might be because we run it too much, whatever. But we're we have an awful lot of three stars on the offensive line, an awful lot of three stars in the backfield that have no problem uh, developing and look a lot really good. I mean, obviously the offensive line is probably the best one in the SEC. Uh, even the tight ends, tight ends look have looked pretty daggone good this year. Well, we, when you look at uh, other teams across the nation, you know the. the- is the UCFs, the Minnesotas, um, their their skill guys, I would say, are less talented coming out of high school than Kentucky's. It's just the people behind the offense, people run the offense, people playing, uh, calling the plays. They uh, they scheme their guys open, and I've seen it a couple times on like Kentucky message boards lately, where people say, <clears throat> "Oh, I think that's overrated to say uh, you can scheme your guy open." Well, that's no. That's what good offense. They take less talent and they maximize what they have on the field. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I've seen other. I mean, the mm-hmm. reputable people say this offense this year and last year is all Eddie Graham. It has not. Stoops does not have his hands on there. It's kind of a myth. I've seen Loney say it. Who's that? We had on our show here. I respect his opinion on things, and and he said that he said Stoops has not had his hands on this offense the last couple of years. Uh, but but like I said, I, I think that the lack of development at those positions, particularly, we, we always talk about how great our recruiting is. We've always talked about how 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 the recruiting's changed in Kentucky. This is why the program's changed. But have they gotten a quarterback yet? Have they gotten a quarterback yet? Now they probably have one in Bo Allen. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, and he looks good. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, what, what told me last week at the Vandy game tells me that Bo Allen is the future. It is not – they don't believe in Gatewood. That's what, that's what I see last week. By the play calls and everything, by both, when both had, had a series, I saw that they don't trust Gatewood and they, they want to go the, the different route with uh, Bo Allen. And maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. Um, it sounds stupid, but if you, if you just looked at, the, at Bo Allen's body language when he was in the pocket, that kid was as calm as possible yeah. and as confident as you could be. His stance, his body language, the way he was reading the defenses, you could see his eyes scanning, man. That kid's got it. And then that throw he made to Keaton Upshaw right there on the sideline. Yep. Like I said, man, I, I think I think someone's got to answer for someone's going to answer for the the poor offense. I don't think it's it may not I don't think it's gonna cost anyone their job. Maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe Henshaw will be the one that gets gets the axe. I don't I don't think it's gonna be Eddie Graham because Stoops is just simply not gonna do it. Uh, I I don't think. Well I, it's especially with this year being what it is and so many programs having to make pay cuts, I think it'd be too uh, expensive to yeah. to fire a grand and have to deal with that buyout because he's got a sweet contract. So I do, I do think uh, Hinshaw is going to find another job. Well, I just think, and I, and I have never, and, and you all can, can back this up, uh, I have never, ever, said Eddie Graham was a terrible office winner. I've never said that. And you all, and you know that, I mean, I, I've been a defender of him for, for the last few years. I think what he did last year was pretty fantastic for what we had. Uh, but it comes back to another point that, okay, we had no development, a quarterback that we couldn't even, a quarterback couldn't even, we couldn't even find a backup quarterback to yeah. take over the offense. We had to play our best player, our most skillful, skilled player at quarterback to be able to move the ball. Uh, and that, that's, again, that, that tells you, how bad the quarterback position has been thus far. And that's, you can give him props for how last year panned out and all that. Of course, um, as he should, but you know, really, yeah. really and that's just really looking on the sunny side of yeah. things. When you really break it down, you really get down to it. He is failing at half of his job every single year since he's been here. Half of his job is creating a, a respectable passing yeah. game. And he has yet to have one. Yeah, I, and, and again, it comes back to they, they've had kind of a rotating door at, on the wide receivers. That's kind of hurt a little bit. Um, or not wide receivers, excuse me, a rotating door on the wide receiver coaches, which has kind of hurt them a little bit. Um, but I, I don't I, – I just don't see how they can – they can sit here and say that they don't need changes after this year offensively. There's just – there's no way around it. Uh, and I don't – like I said, I don't think anyone's going to get fired unless they leave. Uh, but I, I just uh, the offense is is horrible, and I, and I get it. They look good against Vandy, and I, and I see these people get all chesty and stuff and talk about you know how great the offense looked against Vandy. It's Vandy, guys. It's Vandy. It's Vandy. <laughs> like a high, it's a high school team, maybe a D two team. It's Vandy. I mean, it's 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 Vanderbilt. Let's not talk about like okay if if, if Kentucky's offense comes out against Alabama, puts up thirty five against Alabama, I'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll be eye opener, but they're not going to, and and it's Vandy, and someone was arguing with me on 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 Twitter, and a guy I really respect, obviously, and 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 was talking bad about the defense. The defense has kept us this season, has kept us alive. The defense single handedly has won us two games. The last four years, 
So the defense is 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 a, a to me the defense is is due a bad game. Okay. Yeah. A couple you games can, a you year. can give them a pass. You can give them a pass easily because it, when when Kentucky looked awful on offense and yet they kept scores close throughout the Supes years, it's because of the defense. Yeah. The one side of the ball is consistently showing up. They're allowed to have some off days. I mean, I mean, this this example. Their other bad game this year. Well, we talk about Ole Miss, but they had a bad game. People statistically a bad game against Missouri. Missouri had almost almost 450 yards of total offense. They were on the field 90 percent. Well, no, it would be about 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 82 percent of the game they were on the field, and they only scored 20 points. Now that doesn't tell you. How good of a defense? What kind of defense will be on the field 82% of the game and only give up 20 points? Yeah. It, and that's got to be demoralizing for yes. defense to have to be on the field for that long. Yes. And, and that's, and it is. And, that, and like I said, that's, we, we are giving up, we're giving up a lot of good talent because of our lack, our ability to throw the ball. I mean, we've, this is the best offensive line yeah. we've ever had in history of Kentucky. Wasting some people's uh, eligibility on, Really hubris. I think Stoops and Grand, especially after last year, kind of got a big head in terms of like playing playing the game their way. Yeah, calling the, calling the game their way, and that's we're gonna play defense and bleed the clock and just run, 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 dude. The game has passed them by already. Yeah, in, in two mean- years, the, the the spread offense and throwing the ball forty five times a game has taken over the SEC. And the SEC was the last frontier in college football in terms of uh, throwing the ball around the field. Well, you just saw it. You just saw it in that Georgia-Florida game. Yeah. You just saw it. I mean, I will say this. And I, like I said, I, I've given you props, and I agreed with you on everything that you said at the beginning of the season and tell you that now. You know, I've, I've, I've been saying that, that, that you've been right about this stuff and as far as the offense goes. And – and <clears> – <throat> I think that well, a lot of what's really happened is okay. Last year, yeah, we could have easily been nine and three last year. Yeah, we should have beat Florida. We should have beat Tennessee last year, uh, and we could have easily been ten and three uh, to finish out the season. And you make the argument maybe maybe we win against South Carolina with Lynn, whatever, with that offense last year. Oh, you know, I made the argument too. You know, well, look how we did we get good we did against people we just ran the ball last year. Uh, but I think what's happened is the talent around the SEC East has really went up. Yep. And now Kentucky's no longer um, more talented than Missouri's and South Carolina's and stuff. It's all kind of even again. Because uh, for a while there, the East was way down. And, well, and in particular, it's coaching. I think the fact that you have some really respectable coaches in their first year at, all, at these various programs now, uh, like Eli Drinkwitz. At, uh, at Missouri, he brought a different mentality, he brought a different system to Missouri, and they just they look like a completely different team uh, mentally. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, progress as a program because they haven't had, like, great recruiting classes. They're, they kind of fit the mold of, like, a Mark Stoops team. But, um, the, you know, they were just able to throw the – Kentucky was actually recruiting Connor Bazelik, their, uh, their starting quarterback, and – Really tried to get him, but then Bo, Bo Allen signed. Um, so yeah, I, mean, he I, I don't of, know, he, man. I just, I just think the talent. You just see it with Tennessee right now. Tennessee's coaching poor, and they're they're a train wreck. Um, and that's the thing is Kentucky. 
we've been talking about the last four or five years when when we knew the talent in the East was gonna was gonna catch up with Kentucky eventually, and can Kentucky keep pace with the three or four star guys they get on a regular basis compared to the Florida and Georgia's? Now you're gonna find out really quick. Uh, now you see the talent gap with Georgia was kind of closer this year with the 14 to three game. I mean, defense is def- our defense can definitely compete with with great teams. I feel like uh, offensively, though, you can tell that it's not nowhere near where we need to be. Um, and you're going to be able to tell real close how, how much Florida has gotten better than Kentucky in a couple of weeks. And, and, and it's, and it's, I mean, we almost beat Florida last year. Should have beat Florida last year, but I'm going to tell you in a year of fans, Florida has become the big dog in the East. And that's, they realized what they had in Kyle Trask when he came into the yeah. second half. Kentucky and just started carving them up. Well, this tells you how, how important a, a quarterback position is and how Kentucky has just taken that position just for granted. Now, maybe they haven't. I mean, but the thing is, their last two starting quarterbacks have been – I mean, they, they've been transfers. <laughs> they weren't – Game managers. They weren't even – they're not even recruits that they've had. The recruits they've had, the best quarterbacks they've had, they, they don't even last here. They, they, they leave. Or yep. they don't want them to stop playing all together. I think Drew Parker doesn't play anything. No. And Danny uh, Clark opted out of Vanderbilt this year. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, guys that we've gotten, uh, they just don't want to play in this offense. It's boring. And, and they, they, or, or they, or they feel like they're more talented than these other guys or whatever. I mean, whatever case it is, I, I felt like uh, when we got Terry, that was a good fit for us. But, but Terry's game has regressed. Just what you just said. He's, he's, He's a guy that throws for eleven touchdowns and throws eight interceptions. I mean, that's his that's his game. That's about as basic of a quarterback as you can get. I mean, you, maybe if he goes to Lane or something, he'd be a, a good quarterback there. But in the SEC, that's just not going to cut it. Nope. And and but you know, he's done. He's he's probably our best option as of right now, unless they go with Bo Allen. So well, that's uh, it's kind of like uh, an argument about you know. Uh, like in the NBA or NFL, you can either tank and yeah. you know come out on the back end looking better by starting Bo Allen the rest of the year and letting him take his lumps and learn, or you can salvage the season and win maybe one or two games and uh, you know hang your hat on that. I don't I don't know what's better. I know what's worse. I think I think am I and, and I and I said this a couple of podcasts ago when we were talking about. Um, playing Gatewood, I feel this way. If, if if you think Gatewood's the future, play him now. We'll find out if he's the future. If you don't think he's the future, play Bo Allen now. And let's get him some game management because if you don't, next year you're already behind a couple of games. Yeah, to get him ready. So this year you can put him in there. He has three games under his belt, and then he's not coming out next year. He's feeling a lot more confident. Who knows? He comes in and plays good, and and they get a lot more confidence. But but I think whoever you think the guy's going to be going forward, they need to play him. They need to play him because playing Terry does nothing for this program. Yeah. Just kind of spinning because your wheels. Unless you feel like – I mean, do you feel like you can win at Alabama? No. <laughs> do, do, you feel like you can, do you feel like you can win at Florida? The only reason you got a chance at Florida is because Eddie Grant can coach uh, Todd Grantham. But the last time that Dan Mullins and Todd Grantham had – way more talented team than us was when he was at Mississippi state and they beat us pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, and it was like a 42 to seven stomping down, down in Mississippi <laughs> state, excuse me, Mississippi state. Uh, 
I remember the game because we were. I remember thinking, man, we always we always got coached and stuff like that. But the talent gap was big time, and you could tell, particularly at the quarterback position for for that for that Mississippi State team. Yep. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> so let's get talking about this game tomorrow. Any chance? Any chance at all? Do you see anything? You know I'm a realist, man. I the Alabama is so superior to Kentucky in in talent across the board, but mainly where it counts nowadays, and that's at quarterback and at the skill positions. I I'm not really that worried about Alabama's running backs. I think their receivers are just they're light years better than any other team in general, and they even lost one of their best receivers on Waddle for the year. But they're still better than everybody. So that means they're well, yeah, but light years better than who do you think? All right, let me run down. I want to get I'm gonna get on to Matt Jones here in a second, or it's Mac Jones, Mac, right? Mac yeah. Jones. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on to Mac Jones here in a second, who's signed with us. And I don't, I don't. If he would have came here, I don't think he would have been as developed as no. he is now. No. People want to say, oh, if he would have came here, we would have been in a different team. No, we, we wouldn't have been like because <laughs> yeah, it's because it's because Alabama is so good on developing players and that's why they've been always so good. And of course they get the best players that helps out a lot. Well, they also have <laughs> a, a huge staff and they get all sorts of offensive advisors and defensive advisors and people who have been fired recently from uh, other places. And those guys were great offensive coordinators or position coaches and they come and learn under Nick Saban for a while. And it's just a built in advantage, but what can you do? Yeah, I mean, you got Sarkeesian, you got Lane Kiffin, you got uh, who else? Who? I mean, who? Butch Jones. Butch Jones, Turby Spar. I mean, you're just this the line of defensive coordinators, offensive guys, offensive coordinators. They have they have advisors like like uh, Charlie Strong. They have guys like that. I mean, you, that's the type of things that that you yeah, see you're going against with them. Yeah. So I mean, but we we'll run down some of these numbers for you. Um, Defensive numbers, all right. Giving up 21 points. They only give up, uh, let's see here, the rushing yards, total yards, 1,130, uh, 3.8 average. Uh, only giving up 148 yards rushing a game. Um, only giving up 214 yards rushing or passing a game. Only giving up two, 10 touchdown passes and only 10 rushing touchdown touchdowns. Um, I mean, that's a pretty good defense, right? Uh- that's that's one thing, like, Kentucky might be able to run on them because Alabama's defense isn't – Well, actually, that's Kentucky's defense. Oh, Kentucky. <laughs> that, gotcha. The reason I brought the – re, that's Kentucky's defense. But, but the reason I said that was because actually uh, – I was trying to fool you a little bit there because actually their defense is very similar to Kentucky's defense. So we talk about Kentucky's defense being good. Off uh, Defensively, Alabama is ranked 37th and we're like 28th now, I think. Uh, so statistically, they're they've almost identical. So I, so I gave you Kentucky's. Here's here's Alabama's. They've only given up 921 yards rushing all year. Uh, they've given up touch six touchdown passes all year long. Uh, excuse me, rushing touchdowns all year long. They've given up ten passing touchdowns, and they give up about 260 yards passing this year. Yeah. Uh, so they they do stop the run better, uh, but they've also only the, the teams that Alabama are playing aren't running as much as the teams Kentucky's are playing. Yeah. That makes any sense. So that's that's why the numbers are a little bit different. But they both average out the same about three and a half, three three point eight yards a carry. Their defense gives up. I, and so it's Kentucky. I feel okay about Kentucky running against Alabama, but uh, man, <laughs> I, I don't. Kentucky's gonna get turnovers. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. 
I don't say? feel good about Kentucky passing at all because Alabama's but, corners are just going to lock up the little bit of talent that Kentucky has on the outside and focus on the box. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna definitely load up and play man the whole game on Kentucky. They're gonna dare Kentucky to go downfield. Kentucky's wide receivers basically cannot get open. Um, their tight ends have been able to get open, uh, but they're always, you know, 10, 10 15 yarders, which I mean if they're there, they didn't give it, but Alabama is is so good figuring you out that that'll be taken away. Something uh, that's interesting is <clears throat> I don't think Alabama is going to get in Terry's face a whole lot. But if, if you notice, so last week he had two touchdown throws to Keaton Upshaw and uh, Justin Rigg. And the, the one to Justin Rigg was actually really good. He went through his progressions. If you go back and watch the game, the pass to Keaton Upshaw was quintessential Terry Wilson. If someone is not wide open or streaking wide open, he's not going to throw it to them. He stared down Keaton Upshaw because he made a decision before the play even started that that's where he was going to go. And that's just what kind of quarterback he is. Like Nick Saban, well, I think Terry, Terry. Coaches like Nick Saban are going to notice that in film study and say, lock down all his guys and make him either run the ball on the ground the or yeah. he, he's just going to stay back there because he has a tendency when all his guys are covered to just hold on to the ball too long. And Alabama's linebackers and their nickels are way too athletic to where they're not going to let Terry run all over them. Well, I just think that the other problem that, that Terry's got, and this is this is one of his biggest knocks, in my opinion, is he doesn't know how to read off our defenses very yeah. well. He doesn't he doesn't make adjustments at the line. Uh, he's always looking over the sidelines, like, like a lot of guys do in a college, but some guys can actually see, oh, this is this. They, he doesn't. I don't think he notices a cover two or a cover three as much as he should, or 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 a man coverage or, and and any kind of disguises that fools him. Any kind of disguises were were with anything will fool him. Um, and that and you're right, he holds on the ball too much. As a matter of fact, sometimes he doesn't let plays develop because he doesn't see anything when he first hikes the ball. So then he takes off his yep. feet and instead of he'll he'll also do stuff like he'll. He rather run for five yards than throw it. Try to throw it for he. He always th- throws it. Uh, if you need ten yards, he'll throw it at nine yards. Like that doesn't make any sense. Or 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 he'll try to run for it. Or he thinks he can outrun people. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Terry's got all kinds of issues like that. But Terry is, and like I said, I mean the guy. The guy's got a hell of a record, and we're not going to hate him for that. But his record's more so because of his. His defense, say, the defenses he's had. That, uh, so, but I mean, Kentucky. I want to think they have a chance tomorrow. Trust me, I, I am a a homer galore. I, I do, I do get like that, but I just don't. I don't see it tomorrow. I uh, I want to think I have a chance to win a lottery, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, every time they they suit up, they got a shot, but it's not. But this is this is a different beast. Uh, it's Alabama. They're they're. Their linebackers can guard our running backs. Their linebackers can guard our, our, you know, there's no like, there's not a lot of weaknesses. Now, their defenses aren't as good as they, they were, what, five years ago. Um, but their offenses are exponentially hitting shoulders better than ours. That's the thing. They're, they're going to be able to score. Oh, yeah. 
you know, and, and they're going to be able to score. Light up the scoreboard like that. And, and then, and then the problem with Kentucky is, for Kentucky to be able to win, a, a team that, that averages like twenty points a game, uh, Kentucky needs to hold them under twenty-one points. Hold Alabama under twenty-one points. And they're averaging what forty-five. They're averaging. They're averaging quite a bit. Let's see if I got it here. Let's see if they have it here. 47, 47 points a game. They're averaging 47 points a game. Kentucky offensively, that, that's that's why the spread's so big. Kentucky's offensively, and this was because of Bandy last week, 23, 23 points a game. So that's a 24-point swing right there. And that's and that's why the that's why the uh the high spread. Everyone's like, oh, it's the highest one of the high spreads that Stoops has ever had in his era. <laughs> right. And, but but that's why because when a team you got a team come in that can't that has that offensively has struggled and get out of the Vandy stuff okay I get it they they good against Vandy they they're supposed to do good against Vandy okay <laughs> uh, I think the defense will show up I think I think that game last week was not who they were no. uh, we've seen them come back and have really good off or really good games after bad games. So I'm not really concerned with them. They do what I am concerned about a little bit with them is I think the other thing too. I was gonna I was gonna bring this up too. I think people look at Kentucky's defense. They're actually pretty similar to all the other years, except their numbers are a little bit different this year because they're playing all SEC yep. teams. So they're actually their their turnover ratio and stuff like that is actually pretty similar to what their SEC play was the last two years. They're higher the other two years because they play crap teams, and even even their hardest non-conference team, which is Louisville, has been yep. shit. So that that's those numbers defensively, they look great at the end of the season because of who they play. Uh, and, and overall, I mean, it's this look at Kentucky was averaging 19 points a game. And then they play Vandy, put up the amount of points they did last week. And now they're up to 23. That's just, but that's not an indication of how good the offense has done this year. Cause they haven't been good. Let's so, uh, let's get into predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I, what, what did Mike score? Well, I'll tell Mike score because he wants everyone to know that he's taking Kentucky. Uh, so I guess he wants to be that guy. What was his score? I guess I'll have to it was look either it up 13-10 here. or 13-12 Kentucky or 15. I can't remember. <laughs> it it doesn't matter. <laughs> to be honest with you. Let's see. Where is it out here? 13-10. to 10. He says his prediction, he takes Bohanna defensively for MVP and Wilson on offense. And... Cats win thirteen to ten. Well, the eternal optimist. B- bless him. I mean, Mike's Mike's taking Kentucky's losses. He, I think he took them to lose against Georgia. Yep. Uh, so I mean, I'm gonna say Kentucky's probably gonna lose. I don't think they're gonna lose by thirty. I don't. I know you do, but I don't. Uh, I think it's probably gonna be. It's probably be somewhere around forty two to fourteen or something. Well, I guess that it would be thirty, wouldn't it? <laughs> Man. Shit. We'll do we'll do we'll do forty two I think I think I think Kentucky probably hold them. We'll do we'll do uh we'll do twenty eight seven. How about that? I'll I'll deal with twenty eight seven. So I think I don't think I don't think I don't think Alabama gets the forty two. Well go ahead. <laughs> you tell me yours. <laughs> I think it's gonna be I think the defense is gonna keep Kentucky in it the first half. I do. I think they're gonna yeah. be playing yeah. with their hair on fire in the first half. But uh, I think the offense is going to do what they have done very well in big games like this and let the defense down. Um, I think it's going to end up being 49-7, Bama. 
I think Bama's gonna have it. Bama could very well be on the field the same amount of time as Missouri was. Uh, except the difference is, is they actually have a competent offense that that is consistent. Yeah, I was gonna say awesome. they're they're an explosive offense. They're not gonna run the ball a million times. They're gonna throw it on Kentucky's defense. Yeah, and 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 if you're on the field for ninety plus plays, uh, if you think Missouri put up a four hundred fifty yards, I'm gonna tell you Alabama's gonna get gonna oh, yeah. top that number if they're on oh, the yeah. field that much. Uh, I think Kentucky to be able to win the game, the only possible way is they got to control the clock and limit their possessions, and and get turnovers. Man, I mean, you I mean you gotta have Alabama's always do a bad game, and you gotta be hoping this is the game. Yeah, they they have to. Uh, gosh, they really have to put Alabama in a situation where they're consistently in second and long, and third and long, yeah. making big stops on first down. Um, you know, forcing them to constantly throw. If, if Kentucky yep. can make them, uh, you know, just chuck the ball around all day in, in long yardage situations and uh, get get Alabama off the field on third down, which they were not able to do against Vandy, then maybe uh, they can last until the third quarter before Alabama starts kicking their ass. I don't know. <laughs> there's just – there's not a scenario. Well, I mean, Kentucky's got to get to the quarterback. I mean, simply Kentucky has to – Kentucky's defense predict are, are predicates on – Getting getting to the quarterback and and be able to turn the ball over and stuff like that. I mean, if Kentucky has a chance at all, they're going to have to one go into halftime with like a fourteen to three lead, uh, have a little bit of a double digit lead, and then basically hold on for the second half to give them a but chance. It's just, it's just like an Auburn game where Kentucky a, was outplaying Auburn. I even think out, Kentucky outplayed Auburn the entire game, but Auburn's skill guys were so much better than Kentucky's. That all it took were two big plays, and that was it. Bam, bam. game yeah. over. And then one dumb play by Kentucky with yeah. a fake punt. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, it's not really much to say about the game, man. I mean, I, I guess I can take MVPs all day long. <laughs> I mean, to, but why? In order for but Kentucky why? to, in order, in order for Kentucky, yeah, but in order for Kentucky to win, you have to have uh, extraordinary play out of the wide receivers and quarterback play. They have to make plays when they're asked to make plays. And then, and then, you, and then the defense has to literally, you know, you're talking three turnovers, yeah. four or five sacks. Which I mean, our defense is capable of doing that. It's just the fact that the defense cannot hold on and and be expected to be on the field ninety plays and still win a ball game. Alabama so line is not going to allow play. anyone to sack Mac Jones four or five times. Well, like I said, I I don't see it happen tomorrow. So so. uh Move on to basketball. <laughs> uh, well, we're, we're excited. I am excited to play Alabama, man. I always am. And it's always fun to watch one Alabama and how they play and, and two, the chance to actually beat them. Every time you get on the field, you got a shot. Uh, no matter how long that shot is. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get on with this, with the uh, basketball team this year, which I am very excited about. Uh, closer we get to it uh and let's first let's first start off with with talking about how i kind of disappointed the draft went last night pretty pretty oh, weak God. draft class uh i was i was kind of surprised that that uh maxi went as well as he did i wasn't because uh, look at look at where the nba is and look how kentucky has played the last few years kentucky playing it's kind of a weird trend. Like, kind of a weird trend. I've seen Kentucky a lot of gorgeous. It's like uh, huh? Kentucky football plays offense. They're playing antiquated offense. 
Like, what is our system? What are we doing? Why aren't we evolving? I do like, I do like what Cal, it does feel like, you know, and I've, and, and I think Cal's never going to be fired ever at Kentucky or anything like that, or ever be on a hot seat or have to ever worry about his job ever because, because what Cal's done in Kentucky is it's simple. It's, it's simply amazing that his first six years, what he did, everyone knows that. Uh, and, and for that, he will always have a job in Kentucky, but I definitely think that he has seen the writing on the wall as far as his teams, his recruiting, his teams have at times been very bad defensively. Uh, uh, and that's usually not something that, that Cal, uh, teams aren't really they're usually really good defensively especially particularly guarding the three they haven't been very good their offense has been very very boring they have no identity on the offensive side of the ball um he it's just been kind of weird uh cal teams uh the last three, what do you say Chris, yeah, three, about four, four years, years yeah. now and and they're boring i mean they, they're simply boring no more there's not really a lot of movement it's pretty simple offense he runs that that double the double screen up top the pick and rolls looking for a lot um, pretty similar the lobs, the, you know, it's drive and then kick it to the corners. Pretty simple offenses. Offenses that when he when he first came in uh, college, that was whatever wanted to run that dribble drive, move constant movement, circles and everything like that. It just doesn't seem like he runs that as much anymore. And I think a lot of it has to do with it is he hasn't really had a big guy to be able to run that he kind of offense. He's like guard either. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he this year, uh, I I am excited to see kind of those top 10 talent back in Kentucky, which we haven't seen in a while. What, three years? Three or four years? When's the last time we signed a, uh, what, a top 10 or three? It's been a while. Yeah, at a bio. At a bio, a monk. Yeah, and Fox, yeah. That's probably right. And that was the last really fun yep. offense, too. Um, so, uh, I am excited to see that. I do think Kentucky can score this year. I think they might be able to shoot. Uh, they are. They seem very talented. Um uh, the point guard position is the one that you kind of think about. That, I mean, that's the big. Askew's probably going to no, start, right? Davian Mintz is going to start. You yeah. think Mintz is going to start? So, I mean, those two guys are going to start, but they're going to have to. They're going to have to. That's that's the most important part of Cal Perry's offense is the point guard, and and you're going to have to see show something out of those. Guys. I do think that it's going to be know. a situation where Mintz will start, but eventually Askew, he and Askew are going to be playing the same amount of minutes. So it's kind of like right. it really doesn't matter who starts; it's who finishes the game. And honestly, like you got a, a graduate transfer for a reason, right? So you you think that you can trust him in those big moments? Yeah, I mean Kentucky, Kentucky missed on a lot of guys this year recruiting, uh, and it's kind of a trend. That's the trend I saw last night in that in the draft, where guys like were going to Georgia and guys going to Vanderbilt. You know, like. It's kind of weird. All the talents kind of get spread out everywhere. Everyone's not going to Duke and Kentucky anymore. They realize they don't have to. They can just go to these other schools and shoot a million. Texas has a good team this year, man. Like Texas is going to be tough. Uh, Tennessee's going to be tough. I mean, they got a good team. Uh, They got some good recruits this year. Yeah, good coaching. Rick Barnes has done a great Uh, job coaching there. Yeah, but the, but moving on. So the point guard position, we we talk about that. that, That is the most important spot of, of his whole team as far as offense goes and running running through the point guard stuff. So that's something that he's lacked. Man, it was the last great point guard. Yeah. We I mean, Fox, I guess. Uh I mean uh, D or uh Ulis. Fox. Uh, those 
Fox, you listen, I mean, those guys were, were point guards that yep. knew how to run the offense. Like, like Ashton Hagen's to He's me typical modern is AAU very point guard. He, he, yeah, pretty much. But he couldn't make he he could get to the rim, but couldn't make couldn't make an easy layup. That's, that's what I mean, and that's what you see in that draft class last night is the product of the AAU system in that these players by and large have such low basketball IQ. They don't know the right basketball play to make and they're not skilled. They might be super athletic. Uh, some of them can shoot, but it, it, they're just lacking. It's one of the weakest yeah. drafts I've ever seen. I'll be honest with you. It was one of the weakest drafts I've ever seen. Guys were getting drafted. I, I can't think of, I can't pinpoint one guy in that draft. Maybe Wiseman. We talked about last night. Wiseman. I like OB Toppin too. I don't think there's any guy on there. That, I just think that there's not one great guy in there that's like a like a a team changer, like a, a franchise guy that's going to take you to the next level, like a Zion or someone like that. You know, it's not. There wasn't. I didn't feel like any of these guys. I felt like there was a lot of stretches. Like these guys that were going to the top five. I don't even think they would have went. Maybe top fifteen the year before. Wiseman's always been I mean, projected to be a top three guy, and I think he he landed on the perfect situation with the Warriors. Um, cause he's exactly what they've needed is a, as a athletic big who can step out and also block shots. I'll with play Thompson being out for this year as well. He's going to play an even bigger role. Plus they're getting Kelly Oubre. So the Warriors are going to be back. On. Well, I agree. Like I said, I agree with you on wise, but there's a couple in the draft that are, that were, that were pretty decent. And I, I don't, but I don't think there wasn't anyone that's, I mean, gosh, I mean, there was just some like R.J. Hampton, like if he fell, uh, Cole Anthony fell. I mean, again, they they don't make good night. decisions. They don't make yeah. good decisions, and that's a product of how they were brought up in the basketball world. But, anyways, getting back to our to our team here, we're moving on to the next the next mission would be shorty shooting guards, and and obviously we have a a, a superstar in the making. I mean, Boston's Boston gonna be and fantastic. Clark. They just look like, uh, so, you know, that's that's what you want a basketball player to look like, right? Yeah, uh, Boston and Clark are going to be on the same. So this Boston and Clark are going to be on the same court together, and they're going to they're going to be fantastic to play together. That's that, that's that's what I'm looking forward. And to we haven't had great wings in a, in a while either. Great wings with good size and length, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I guess you, you probably put maybe maybe Knox in that mm-hmm. category. Maybe maybe Tyler Hero. Yeah, Hero, I mean, Hero okay. at the end of the year, he he came on. Uh, Monk at the end of the year, but they yeah, were still I mean, they were still those type of yeah, Monk's, Monk's. You know what I mean? These two are six six yeah. six seven, yeah. and they have super long arms and they're athletic. It's like that's what you want out of a wing. Yeah, I I think. I mean, you got you got you got you got. A lot of good talent this year. That's the other thing too. I mean, you feel like you're a little bit deeper than you have been. Uh, I see. To me, I'm a little worried about Keon Brooks having a EJ type of season. Some people think he's going to be breaking off. I, I don't know. I, I I don't. Keon Brooks's game is he plays hard and stuff, but I, I, there's times where he kind of yeah. gets lost. I think uh, everybody's kind of trying uh, to like that's, speak that's why. his ascension into existence instead of like really looking at. Um, his games last year, like he, yeah, at the end of the year, he had a couple uh, nice games, particularly that Florida game. But um, you know, by and large, not great. So you just hope that what we started seeing at the end of the year is what is going to be the norm. 
but you don't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, if he doesn't play good, they have Jackson Man, he, he sitting looked, there. He, that kid has transformed his body in short time. Like, he looks like Kawhi Leonard. He looks good. Um, and he's super bouncy. Like he's definitely going to leave after this year, just based off of potential and how many different positions he can play and defend. So I'm saying Jackson looks great. I mean, you got you got yeah. Cameron Fletcher who looks good. Uh, I mean, they got some talent. And also, you also add in Jacob Toppin. Yep. yep. Another good talent. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Keon Brooks, because the first half of the season last year with Keon Brooks, he looked very average. Uh, these guys could actually be more talented than Keon, and, and I hope not. I mean, Keon's Keon's going to be the, yeah. the the leader per se. Olivia, him and him and, him and uh, you know Mintz, yeah. you would probably think. Sar, I mean, those guys, but but he's the guy returning, knowing the offense the most. So you would think that you would want to get more out of him than than than, than you did last year. Yeah. You, you should get more out of him. But I thought I think that if Keon would have if the season get, get did not get canceled last year, I think Keon was due a big tournament run. Uh, but the season did end. So you know, is he going to come back looking like he did the first half of the season last year? Or what, what I think so know? great about this team is they're they're. Uh, they look like the modern team. They look like what you want out of modern basketball players where they're so multiple. You can, you can throw pretty much every one of them at multiple positions. They can defend multiple positions. They can switch like crazy. They're athletic. Um, You know, there's some good big men who can shoot. Uh, It looks like a modern team. Now will Cal like unleash them? and let them be what they have the potential to be because they have so much athleticism and length. There's no reason why this team shouldn't be the best defensive team in the nation. No reason at all. But can they unlock that offensive potential? Because you can run, pick and rolls, pick and pops. You can, you can do everything in the book with this team. But shooting is going to be a concern from the outside. Yeah, I mean, they, but they say Allen can shoot, right? Yeah, but – you know, it's been two years since he's played basketball um, in an actual game. And then, and of course, Cal's already talking about how we can shoot a little bit. He better says that every year. We think we, we shoot a lot better than I thought. Yeah, he says that every year. Exactly. He says that every year. You can't take him serious. But <sighs> I, I'm with you, man. I think the biggest thing about – I think the biggest thing about the team this year is they're so deep. Cal's teams that are the best teams that Cal's had is when top to bottom, one through ten – they they could potentially start, and that means battles in practice, and and it, it means pushing guys. Guys get you get more out of guys because of that. You, you just get you just when you have a collective group of talent instead of going when Cal has the like last year where we had like six guys that was it six guys and the rest of the guys you're like why are they on the team How, these guys you just can't Cal's teams don't do good that way. When Cal teams have ten guys that can play up and down the up and down the court, they do good in practice. Well, the they formula for any college basketball champion is great athletically, a, a mix of yep. superstar freshmen and solid experienced players, and great point guard play. Kentucky has everything on that list. The point guard play is yet to be seen. Let's say Memphis shot right? like thirty-seven percent from three, so like not bad, but he didn't shoot a whole lot. 
Right. But I don't know, man. Like I said, I, it's a difficult schedule this year. Kentucky's going to be challenged this year, and, I, and I'm glad that we actually have a, a top-to-bottom schedule that literally every yeah. single game we could lose. And that, and I think for a young team that, that plays better because they get up for every game, you're not going to have an Evansville letdown when you're playing – because every team's going to come in there. They're, they're, they can beat you. Top to bottom. I don't think there's anyone on that schedule uh, that – that Kentucky couldn't lose to. And they're playing some pretty tough teams like Texas, Kansas. Uh, I mean, Tennessee twice. You got Florida. Florida always plays Kentucky tough. You got LSU. That's right. I mean, you got some tough teams. I mean, even, even, well, South Carolina, Frank Martin's teams always play Cal tough. Uh, Yeah. Auburn. Yeah. Obviously Auburn. Yeah. He's had, obviously Bruce Pearl's had his number. Bandy. Um, well, I mean, Vandy almost beat his last they year, but they tough against the. Bucky. I, I mean, Vandy, down yeah. there we do because their course so fucked but, up. I, I, all that being said, <laughs> and tough. as many strengths as this team has, man, I still, I just don't, I don't trust Cal with with the offense and like, yeah, letting his players yep. play a modern game, and I still think that we lose eight to ten games. I don't know if we'll lose eight to ten games. I think I think we'll probably lose six games. But I think I think bringing on Bruiser Flint is going to help out a lot. Uh, I think I think defensively, even listening to him uh, the other day, the, the their little scrimmage they had or their pro day thing, just listening to him, I think he's going to help out a lot. He's a lot like a lot like Kenny Payne, where guys can come to him and talk to him, and he's yeah. like one of those players coach type things. Uh, but I think. I think Kentucky's struggles the last couple of years has been they cannot defend well. Like it just blows up. And don't get me wrong, there's we got blocking and all that stuff. But I think like Kentucky's de- defense, his first six seven years here, particularly was so perimeter good. defense, and that's what turned it. Yes, yes, and and they've struggled like that. They've struggled. The Knox team struggled with the, defending the three. Last year's team just struggled defending the three. And I think every team now is shooting three, so you better learn how to defend it. Well, that's I think the length <laughs> so, of the I, you know BJ Boston and uh, Clark, and then Jackson and Ware, those guys being able to switch on to smaller guys, and how long they are, how athletic they are. I think that's going to be huge in terms of perimeter defense. So yeah. I think it's really going to come down to when opponents know that they're not going to get an open look on the outside when they come down are Sar and Jackson going to be able to erase them, you know, or at least that's, that's, that was oh, so big that Sar got that waiver because I mean, people were keep saying, well, they're still tall without him. Sar gives them that a six, uh, six, 11, six, 10 guy. That's actually, you know, a, a actual center. That's a big body down there. That's, that's what the big thing was, because even the guy that we almost got from Purdue, I'll keep saying, I mean, he wasn't great, but the thing is, is he's he's seven one. They need somebody down there that's tall like that. And Star, I mean, Star's played against good good talent, dude. I mean, he played for the ACC, and that's the and he, probably the he best basketball just like conference. A scrub either. And so he the guy had some really really good seasons. Hey, he's first team ACC. Yeah, I mean, just can't can't beat that. I mean, there's a lot of great players in ACC. Uh, I mean, so he's definitely probably the best. He's probably the best transfer we've gotten. I mean, I mean, I, I know, I know, 
uh, Reed Travis was was a pretty pretty solid transfer and got packed you know from the Pac-12 stuff. But playing the Pac-12, playing the ACC, there's no competition. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ACC is is the mecca of, of, of basketball right now. Uh, I mean, over top to bottom, I should say. I wouldn't say because Kentucky, because yep. the SEC's got a lot of talented teams now too. Arkansas to be another tough team. Um, but yeah, Arkansas always gives Kentucky's fits too. You're right. And Kentucky has Kentucky gets some trouble. I'll tell you who won't have trouble with <laughs> Tom Crean because that guy's trash. You know, <laughs> and he kisses his teenage son on the <laughs> but, face and mouth. It's weird. I mean, how can that guy have coached three all-star basketball players and not he had Dwayne Wade was his best player, and then yep. you had what Victor Oladipo. And now Anthony Edwards. So weird. So <laughs> it, it's it is weird. Like that guy doesn't doesn't. If I was a if I was a recruit, <laughs> did that guy move the needle for you? Not me. <laughs> like at all. That guy's. I don't know. This is somebody's face. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for the season, man. I think they're gonna have a good season. I think this is gonna really test them. Um, but I agree with you, man. Cal Cal's been his own worst enemy. Uh. I mean, we can we can go back to 2014 and talk about really that know. day, uh, that team, and talk about how. Well, we talk about how how Cal, Cal does some things that he he relies on his on his. I could see him doing stuff with Keon Brooks this year. Yep. Keon Brooks is struggling. He'll play him. He'll continue to play him and continue to play him, even though Jackson's better or whoever is better than him. And he'll continue to to run him out there just like he did EJ this year, and, and that's just the way Cal is. And, and and but I'm but I only say um I've done a bad job because because his his stats at Kentucky are or his this is is his hardware at Kentucky will tell you otherwise uh, as far as Final Fours go and stuff like that. But in Kentucky, what matters? Yeah, championships. Final, and he should, he should have two more. But we won't go. He that. should. We won't go into that. No, we won't. We won't. And I, but I do think I do think uh, Kentucky. If they would have went to the tournament this year and lost in Sweet 16, Cal would have some heat on this year. And I, I, I will say that. I do think that. And I know a lot of people were getting excited about the tournament this year and thinking Kentucky was good. But we do that every year. There were there were no signs that Kentucky had what it took to win a championship. The only way Kentucky had a chance this year was, was because of how evenly matched the whole tournament was. Um, and they had good guard play. But in reality, they should have lost to Florida. If they would have lost the four in that last game, none of us would have been talking that way. We'd all have been like, well, we're probably not going to make – because Florida wasn't going to make the tournament Yeah, at that time. So they had they, – Florida had to go to the SEC and win a couple of games inside the tournament as determined to have a chance to get in. So we were down by like, what, 18 to, to a team that wasn't even going to make the tournament. Yep. We came off a, a game against a shitty-ass Tennessee team. I don't care what anyone said. That Tennessee team, we should not have lost that game. And we did. Up big. We we were we had, it was almost it was almost a train wreck with Ashton Hagens, uh, doing Ashton Hagens things, uh, whining about not getting enough enough playing time, do a money phone, doing all this other crap. That's why I'm glad. Uh, I, I I rarely ever say this about players, but I was glad to see him go. Uh, I was glad to see him go. I was glad to see EJ go. Yep, both of them have been a headache for me, fans, and I'm sure Cal. You just don't need all that. Huh? I say you just don't need all that. And and no, you it don't. honestly seems like all these kids on uh, Kentucky's team this year are like they're locked in and they're just ready yeah. to contribute. 
that team last year was only going to succeed because of quickly yeah. and, and Richards, the way they played. And, 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 you know, Richards started becoming inconsistent at the end of the year. So that's, again, it, it didn't make sense to me the the hype going into the tournament other than that's what we do every year as Kentucky fans. Yeah. And then with the tournament too, it's all about your matchups and stuff. I, I, uh, I definitely think this team's probably the most talented team since, since Fox and them. And that, that's what gets me a little excited about this year. Yeah. And, 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 but the only thing is the difference is, is this team's actually going to play good tournament teams every week. Teams are going to be in the tournament. I mean, even Richmond, even Richmond, who we play, is always in the yep. tournament and is always being good. The scrappy. Uh, that's shoot. probably, that's one of the they They're scrappy. They can shoot. And that's what I'm really looking forward to is seeing early on how our perimeter defense looks because last year, man. It was bad. It was, it was bad. It, you could tell early early in the year with the way teams were shooting how that season was going to go. Yeah. I, that's That was the problem. That that and, I mean, obviously, the Evansville game, that's what pretty much cost them there. <laughs> Could not guard the three. And they, they just couldn't. And, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now. I mean, you got, you got Moorhead State. You got Detroit Murray. Obviously, that's a uh, layup for his son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got Richmond, you got Kansas, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, UCLA, Louisville. That stretch right there will make or break your season. Yep. Well, I mean, it's, it's going to uh, let you know where you stand. Um, yeah. I think they can only benefit from playing that kind of schedule, even if they lose a few of those games, which I think they will. Um, you know, it, it's not a bad thing because you're actually playing good teams and you're getting an idea of where you are where your weaknesses are yep. and what you need to do instead of playing these cupcake games and getting false confidence early in the season. Agreed. Uh, and, and, and plus they let, let down games too. Like these are for left ground. But there's also another stretch towards the middle of the season, which, which is, which has LSU, Alabama, Texas, Missouri, then Tennessee, then Arkansas, and then Auburn. Woof. That's a brutal stretch too. I mean, I know Missouri and Alabama are teams that, that you should beat and that you're way more talented. But, uh, you know, I mean, Kentucky's going to have to be challenged this year. And I'm looking forward to watching it. And uh, trust me, I'm, I'm expecting more. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but I am. And I know you are, too. I know we're getting a little tired of the whole, uh, how do you want to put this without pissing any of, off anybody? The act. I get, I get sick of wait, the wait. revolving door stuff. With no results. Yep. You can't yep. have this influx of talent every single year and keep losing eight to ten games. Can agree with and you. And then more. choke in the tournament. Oh my gosh. When when we had that tournament line up the way it did three years ago when like PJ Washington was on the team and they lost to Kansas State, I that was almost more disappointing to me than the undefeated team losing in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, it was perfectly set up for us. And Kentucky, I mean, a 16 never has there. an easy stretch in the tournament. That's why it was so never, never. Yep. And that was a layup. And he let Bruce Weber, or is it Bruce Weber, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah. uh, let him out coaching. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, but I, I, uh, I'm just tired of the whole salesman act thing. And this is kind of, I'm at the point now where it's kind of like, let's put up or shut up. 
just put up or shut up. Stop talking about it. Stop talking about how great our program is. Stop talking about this and that. We, we, it's time to start winning. And I think he's done stuff in the offseason. He's really went out. He's got, you know, Lucas, all these other guys. They, he's made some moves to, to kind of show, hey, I'm going to get serious about uh, earning my paycheck. Well, it was really interesting. And, he took Tony Barbie off the bench and put Jai Lucas on the bench to, uh, I guess, try to relate to the younger players and um, give him a shot. That was obviously a, a perk to lure Jai Lucas away from Texas because he was such a sought-after young coach, especially his uh, recruiting prowess. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it works out. Yeah, we'll see how it works out. That's all we can, that's all we can hope for, man. So, all right, well, I guess first things first is the Big Blue Madness after that. Alabama beat down, and then we can get back to <laughs> winning again in basketball. Hopefully, you know. Cheers. So, and by the way, happy happy anniversary to Mike. Four years married. Good for congratulations, him. <laughs> guys. Yes, congratulations. I uh, almost I should I should open up the the uh, should open up the whole thing with that because people probably wonder why Mike isn't here, laughing and doing all his his coughing and shit that he likes to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm Nick. I'm Chris. Go big blue. <laughs>